Welcome back or welcome to the Canacopia podcast. I'm your host, Isai. Today, we're talking about something everyone has heard about, vaping. For those of you who are new to cannabis, we cover what is vaping and what to look for when shopping for vaping devices. For those of you who are pro-vapers, we go into the history of vaping and why it's become so popular. We will also talk about who vaping is exactly for. This week's guest is Hafez Adele. Hafez has been in the startup field helping businesses build their marketing and sales teams in industries such as men's fashion, B2B software, but one of his most recent ventures is with Alpine Vapor. The Alpine Vapor mission is to produce the purest, safest, and most discreet cannabis products on the market. They pair cutting-edge distillation technology with beautiful and accessible designs to help serve a full spectrum of cannabis enthusiasts, from the first-time patients to the experienced connoisseurs. Today, we dive into everything you need to know about the vaping basics. And now, we bring you Hafez Adele. Hafez Adele, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, man. Blessed to be alive, right? Yeah, can't Isn't complain. <laughs> I can't complain at all. So I know a lot of you uh, out there uh, are maybe new to the cannabis space or new to this cannabis world that we live in right now, and you're not sure whether flour is the right thing for you or vaping is the right thing for you. Uh, so today, uh, our guest is going to be talking about um, the vaping world, which he's, he is very, very knowledgeable about. So if you're into that, be prepared. <laughs> so let's... Uh, Kind of talk about, you know, what your background is, like where you're from and how you grew up and tell me about your life. Sure. You know, I uh, grew up in Southern California, kind of bounced back between Orange County and L.A. most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, also spent like a four year uh, stint in the Bay Area, which okay. was great. I was working at a startup back then. And pretty much throughout most of my career, I've been working at different early stage startups, um, kind of as like their first marketing hire, okay. trying to build the brand, build out the marketing team. So I've worked in kind of all sorts of industries. I've worked in like B2B software. I've worked mm -hmm. in like men's fashion, e-commerce, uh, CBD. Uh, I've worked on the vape hardware side. And then most recently, um, I joined Alpine Vapor as their first kind of dedicated head of marketing and then kind of went on to take over the sales department as well. So gotcha. that was my first foray into uh, the legalized cannabis world. Awesome. And how long have you uh, been in the cannabis before, you know, business? Have you been involved in cannabis at all? Like, were you a consumer or anything like that, you know, growing up? Or like, when was your first introduction into, you know, cannabis in general? Sure. I mean, probably the first time I tried it, like a lot of folks, like late high school, early college. Yeah. I was 18. Uh, appropriately enough, it was in Berkeley. So I feel like that's nice to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, try cannabis for the first time in a place that has so much history and culture yes. uh, kind of ingrained in there. Um, and then later, uh, you know, when the medical marijuana dispensary started kind of popping up and it became a little bit more accessible, I did get my medical marijuana rec. Mm -hmm. um, I found it really helpful for, you know, for sleep and for pain management. Awesome. You know, as a lot of folks know, like sleeping pills have a lot of nasty side effects. I yeah. think one of them causes like sleep walking and sleep eating, which is <laughs> just crazy. Like, why would you do that? And obviously for pain, you know, the default prescription is opioids and that's, you know, yeah. a, a terrible thing for somebody to get addicted to. So I had an injury uh, a while back and, you know, it was really helpful for me for that. So I was really grateful to live in a state that had this kind of, you know, medical marijuana system. And mm -hmm. fortunately, I was living in Orange County at the time. Orange County had no shortage of medical marijuana at dispensaries all. at the time. So <laughs> yeah. quite blessed in that regard. Awesome. And have you always uh, had a... I guess, love for it from, from, you know, when you uh, first smoked to, you know, getting to use it for medical, uh, uses. Have you always been, um, like obviously a fan of it? Like it's always been something in, in, like your life. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, those first couple experiences can be a little scary, a little yes. overwhelming, especially because yes. there's not enough education out there mm-hmm. around like dosage and like what product is good for me and things like that. Like, I feel like today's consumer can be a lot more informed yeah. um, about, you know, what kind of cannabis product is best for their needs. But, you know, once I kind of got over that initial hump of kind of coughing my brains out and all that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked it because, you know, especially if you compare it to, you know, what are the substitutes like alcohol and this and that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I felt like it wasn't so much dulling the senses as it was kind of elevating them or enhancing them. I like that. Right. And I like the fact that you could have, these like kind of like deep conversations with your friends on it or you could go out in nature yeah like mindful and present and kind of be out there in nature or go to a museum or watch a movie and you're like really engaged with it you know like i compare you know being like uh medicated versus being like really drunk you know one of them is like earns the name intoxication you know your balance is off and you're slurring your words and your 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 thoughts just aren't fluid at all um but, you know, with cannabis, I don't see it as like a reduced state of consciousness. I just see it as an altered state of consciousness, something just like a little parallel like to the day to day. And so, you know, those kind of creative and intellectual aspects of it really appealed to me, um, especially in those early days when yeah. everything's like new and amazing. The philosopher side of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, I've, I've always been a big fan of it, you know, both for recreational and, you know, medicinal use. And it's really great to see you know, the level, the average quality of products go up and there'd be so much more diversity in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. I mean, before, back in the day, it was beggars can't be choosers. Whatever's at your local, you know, medical marijuana dispensary, that's what you're going to buy. Nothing had test results. You didn't know if it was safe or if it was clean. (laughs) It was just like rolling the dice. It was very much rolling the dice. You didn't even know if the strain you were buying was the actual strain Strain. because people just slap their name on whatever. So now that there's a lot more regulations around that. I think one good advantage of that for the consumers is knowing actually what you're getting so you can have kind of a more reliably positive yeah. experience. Yeah, awesome. That makes a lot of sense. You have a very, uh, very similar experience, you know, that I have with cannabis, you know, going into it, it was the same thing like, oh, do I try it? You know, because there's that stigma around it. You're just like, you know, and, you know, I tried it for the first time. Didn't really get high the first time. I don't know if that happens to all, all of you. I definitely there. got high the first yeah, time. Did yeah. you? <laughs> the no placebo effect for me. No. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, it's a, after that, I use it for, you know, a lot of same thing, like philosophical things where it's like having cool conversations and everything like that. So I feel you in that hundred percent. When was your first experience with um, getting into vape, whether it's like personally, personal use or like in the business world? Yeah. So on the personal use side, I'd seen it in medical marijuana dispensaries, but it was a really different product back then. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't really appeal to me all that much. You know, back in the day, it was like plastic cartridges you know, uh, plastic hardware, which even, you know, me not being a scientist, I'm like, look, yeah. heating plastic <laughs> and then inhaling not, it, yeah. probably not the best for your health. Mm-hmm. And the oil didn't look great. You know, this is before distillates and kind of more advanced extraction methodology. So it was like this dark brown, dark red oil. Mm, didn't really? even come in strain. Sometimes it didn't even come in strain categories. It was like, here is a vape cart. And wow. that's all they told you. No that's sativa it? indica hybrid, definitely no specific strain designation and so i tried it a couple times because i did think it was a convenient form factor you know it has a lot of uh from a usability point of view a lot of advantages over other delivery mechanisms especially Mm -hmm. flour but it just looked like a it looked like it was like a beta product right it wasn't quite ready for prime time so it really wasn't until i got into the industry you know by joining alpine vapor Mm -hmm. that i kind of saw what the next evolution of vape looked like and then i said that oh you know what this is growing up a good bit it's a cleaner safer product yeah um and now yeah it's it's kind of part of my overall cannabis repertoire you know 
And when when was that time frame when you um, when you were talking about you know just getting into Alpine and, and how that you know, that function wasn't all to that? Was it like ten years ago, five years ago? How long was that? Yeah, so I joined Alpine about four and a half years ago. Okay, so relatively very new. Stuff. Yeah, relatively yeah. new, but for you know by the vape standards, that's that's quite a long time ago because things changed so much in this industry yeah. and fortunes rise and fall. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was basically a case where I knew somebody who had started, you know, a vape brand mm-hmm. and actually they weren't just doing vape. They were doing dabs. They were doing like concentrates okay. and kind of dabbles and things like that. And vape was just kind of like one part of the overall catalog. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think at that time the dab business was bigger than their vape cart business. Really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was like 2014, 2015. And they'd basically gone to the point where they're like, look, you know, we can't have the CEO doing everything. We need somebody to manage this marketing team, manage the sales team, hire some designers, yeah. help us take our branding to the next level. Um, that was something that was, that was exciting that was happening in the marketplace was people started actually caring about brands, mm-hmm. about packaging, about presentation. Yeah. I mean, eight years ago, you walk into a dispensary, you could see an edible, like in a cellophane <laughs> package, yeah. stapled shut with an Avery printer label on it. And they're like, here you go something that wouldn't fly in like any other industry, right? Yeah, but no, again, no. beggars can't be choosers, but you know, the consumer becomes more mature, they become more sophisticated and the mm-hmm. brands have to follow suit. And so, Continue that, you know, yeah. the founder of the company was like, look, I need to find somebody with like branding and sales experience to come mm-hmm. and kind of help us take it to the next level. And, you know, when I tried the product, I'm like, wait, this is way better than what I tried in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much cleaner tasting, much more potent. Yeah. I think back in the day, vape pens were topping out at like 50 something percent THC. This one was testing reliably above 80%. Wow. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I see a lot of uh, potential here. And then when I saw, you know, that the state legislator, state legislature was making some moves towards creating a recreational marketplace, I was just thinking to myself, okay, well, let's playing chess, you know what I mean? Like, I think this is going to be a good spot to be in. Yeah. You know, think about, okay, if I was a recreational consumer looking to try cannabis for the first time, or maybe I tried it once 20 years ago in college, I'm trying to do it again you know, what are the form factors that are likely to be Mm. successful, that are likely to appeal to beginners? And I really did think vape was well positioned, you know, in that regard. We had already seen on the e-cig side, a lot of folks had quit smoking, taken up e-cigs. They liked the convenience of it. They liked the fact that it didn't smell as much. It was more discreet. And I'm like, well, look, this is really, really close to that. In fact, the hardware in the early stages was virtually identical. So I'm like, I think the same trend's going to play out. So, Smart. you know, to be able to join a brand like that at the ground level, you know, it's like, you and know, to grow with it. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an opportunity. Uh, you know, I didn't want to pass up. And I feel like given that California has a recreational marketplace now, vape is blown up incredibly yep. mm-hmm. outpaced even edibles here in California. I'm like, okay, well, that was a good bet. You know, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Well, and now one thing I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up is why, why is it, um, why has it blown up now? You know, I mean, I know you talked about the usability part that's so much easier than, you know, flour and everything else. Is that one of the main reasons why it's blown up or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's evolved in, in several ways. So one is the hardware itself, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the first generation of vape, it was basically just e-cig hardware and sometimes slightly modified or sometimes not modified at all. Right, so the same hardware that you use for an electronic cigarette, yeah. they're just putting cannabis oil in it. Now, cannabis oil isn't nicotine oil. Yes, very different substance, different viscosity, different thickness. Yeah, and so it didn't work well. Predictably, so you know, it would clog, it would leak, it would spit back. Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't a great user experience, and that's because you were using off-the-shelf hardware that wasn't made for this for use that. case, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so since then, 
slowly but surely these Chinese manufacturers have kind of opened up to the fact that, hey, there's this whole new market opening up yes. that isn't e-cigs. Let's start working with brands and start customizing this hardware a bit Perfect. more. And so yeah. the hardware's evolved a great bit. You don't mm -hmm. see plastic carts anymore. Now the standard is either, you know, stainless steel or glass. Yep. Um, this latest generation, they're, they're introducing ceramic core heating elements, hmm. which is much more, you know, supposed to be safe and, uh, and more, you know, kind of just healthful than like metal, metal core heating elements. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a great, you know, evolution in the space, seeing the hardware kind of grow up and become more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. On the other side, the actual oil itself has improved tremendously too. Wow. You know, okay. like I mentioned yeah. four or five years ago, it's this dark oil, doesn't taste great. It's not strain specific. You know, if you care about the unique tastes and effects of strains, all of that's pretty much lost in the extraction process. And that's because it was a very crude process. You know, mm. most folks were either doing, you know, butane hash oil, BHO extractions, but then not purging the butane out afterward. Got so, it. you yeah. know, butane's a solvent. It helps get the THC, you know, out of the plant matter, mm -hmm. which is great, which is useful, but then you're supposed to remove it afterward. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. people consuming butane, you know, it's a hazardous substance. Back in the day, a lot of folks weren't doing that, you know, mm. and so that wasn't great. But now it's the standard where everything is solvent free. Yeah. Even if you use a solvent during the extraction process, you remove it out. And then in the lab testing, you know, they test for residual solvents. It's one of the main things they test for. And you could see, okay, it doesn't have any of that in there. Got it. Um, and then also what was happening around the time I joined Alpine was this kind of new type of cannabis oil, which is called distillate. Okay. Right. Yeah. So in the early days, you kind of just took plant matter. You took the trim from the plant, right? From the, the cannabis plant, the stuff that the farmer used to throw away, you know, mm. kind of like the clippings yeah. because it just didn't have very high THC. It wasn't something that you could like put in a jar and sell. Yeah. It, was it just, just wasn't probable. Yeah. It's just yeah. like the, the, the grass trimmings that, you know, you throw away when you mow your lawn. Um, but with the extraction process, you could really get this THC rich cannabis oil out of mm. it. So the first generation, they just took the trim and they'd run it through a single stage extraction. Yeah. So either using butane or supercritical carbon dioxide, they take the trim and they turn it into like an oil. Got and it. really the same way you see they do it in other industries. Like you have lavender oil, well, it comes from the lavender plant. Eucalyptus oil, eucalyptus plant. This is yeah. really the same kind of thing being brought over. But with distillate, you go past a single stage extraction and now you're doing a second pass of distillation. Got and the idea is I wanna remove everything that isn't the active ingredients and the stuff that gives it its effects and flavors. And so with cannabis, those are the cannabinoids and the terpenes. Mm -hmm. That's really what you wanna have in your cannabis oil, those cannabinoids and terpenes. Everything else is just kind of like miscellaneous and you don't need it in there. Like all the plant matter, lipids, chloroplasts, all these things that are in the plant that aren't really contributing to the experience, yeah. you wanna take away. And so what distillation did is took that crude oil, ran it through another pass, sometimes two or three times, and then what was used to what used to be like this dark brown oil that was mm -hmm. testing at like 50 to 60% THC is now this light yellow kind of golden color, colored oil ah, that's like 70 yeah. 80% sometimes 90% plus THC um, so that was another great kind of advance yeah. in the vape space so, so overall it's just a better product now oh, yeah. is the biggest thing why it's it's grown. 100%. You know, it's just it's, an overall better product. It's, from it's gone from bathtub moonshine to gray goose. You know? <laughs> I like, like that. There's a difference. I mean, you know, it's funny because in the cannabis oil space, a lot of the terminology is the same. You look at what a lot of vodkas market themselves as, oh, triple distilled, double distilled, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you really do see that with a lot of cannabis companies that are like, you know, we want the cleanest, purest product, just the cannabinoids and terpenes nothing else and you know the technology has come a long way and they're they're pretty much there i mean you could find 90 percent plus 
cannabis oil pens and cartridges at this point where you're, you're reaching the upper limit of what you could achieve because it just kept thicker and thicker and it reaches a point where it's like, okay, you can't even vape this anymore, but wow. we're close enough. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's amazing just to hear the, from where it was to now, you know I mean? In the short, you know, the, the four years that, you know, that's, that's grown. Um, so after the commercial break, I want to, I want to get into, you know, exactly what is vaping and how are the listeners on this can get into it and everything like that. So right after commercial break. Since day one, Baked Bros has proven their dedication to medication by providing high-quality cannabis-infused products. Baked Bros award-winning portable THC syrups are a must-try for a variety of reasons. First, they were designed to provide superior absorption, allowing the cannabis to kick in faster and more effectively than traditional edibles. Second, they're free of artificial colors, flavors, gluten, soy, dairy, fat, and even fructose. Like all their products, the portable THC syrups are strain-specific and lab-tested to verify safety and potency. These syrups are easy to dose on their own or as an addition to your favorite beverage or food. Look for Bake Bros Portable THC Syrups at a dispensary near you or find them at www.bakebros.com. And we are back. Again, special thanks to our sponsors and special thanks to our guests today. So I want to kind of take a step back. You know, uh, I want to put myself in the position of maybe some of our listeners and say I'm just brand new in the industry. I don't know what I want to consume yet or anything like that. Um, I find this new wave of, you know, vaping. You know, my friends are doing it. I see it on social media and I do all that stuff. Uh, so I want to have this conversation like that. So like, what is, you know, vaping? If you could break it down in the most simplest form. Sure. Like at its simplest form, vaping is a vape pen is something that heats canvas oil to the point of vaporization yeah. so that you can inhale it. And so kind of the key difference for vaping, what makes it unique is it's not smoke, it's vapor, right? So when you light mm -hmm. a joint or, you know, you light up a bong or something, that heat, it's combusting the cannabis. It goes past a certain temperature threshold and it actually produces smoke. In that smoke, you know, is the THC and the other cannabinoids that you know, make you feel the way that you do, mm -hmm. but there's also all these other substances in it too, like carbon monoxide and tar and other things that are, you know, less desirable, mm -hmm. you know, um, are also in that smoke. And so the yeah. idea with vaping is let's just heat it up just enough to get, you know, the THC and the CBD and the other cannabinoids out of it, but not so hot that we're now generating all these harmful byproducts. Got it. And as, as a new consumer, uh, why would, you know, why would I prefer vaping or maybe just getting a joint or a bone here or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say, well, one, first and foremost, it would probably be like health considerations. Got it. You know, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff out there about the medical benefits of cannabis. And I do strongly believe in the medical benefits of cannabis, mm -hmm. but smoke is still smoke at yes. the end of the day. You know, it's, I think, a bit intellectually dishonest to say that smoking weed has zero negative health effects whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, your lungs want fresh air first and <laughs> of foremost. Of course, yeah, no Anything matter what. Anything that isn't fresh air. They're like, well, what's going on here? What is this? And that's why you cough, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so with vaping, you're just getting less harmful byproducts, Got you it. know? And we saw this in the electronic cigarette space where there was a lot of research done on 
okay, is this actually a harm reduction alternative to mm -hmm. traditional cigarettes or not? And the answer was yes. And there was a lot of research in this. Now, they didn't say it was health neutral, yeah. but they say, look, if you're going to choose between one of these two things, between like an analog old fashioned cigarette yeah. and an e-cigarette, choose the e-cigarette. You know, mm -hmm. it's still not, you know, great for your health. But compared to smoking, it is much, much, much less harmful. Yes. And I do think that once more research comes into the cannabis vape space, we're going to find the same pattern emerge. So that's it from the health side. From a convenience side, I mm -hmm. think that's the other major advantage of vape pens. It's yeah. just much more convenient. It's a great user experience. You, know, you think about flour. Like, what is that user experience? You walk into a dispensary, you buy flour, like in a jar. Is it ready to consume right there? Can you just like pop it in your mouth? No. Nope. No, you need, you need some additional accessories. You need some like goodies to go with it. So, yeah. okay, might, you might need a grinder. Okay, now you've ground it up. Now what? Well, now you need either papers or a blunt wrap. Or okay, get yeah. the papers or the blunt wrap. Do you know how to roll? Beginners don't know how to roll. Nope. So now you have to get out of like a rolling machine or one of those little funnels that helps yep. it like, you know, fill up the oh, joint paper for you. And now you need a lighter <laughs> yeah. on top of that. Or say you go a different route, you're like, okay, well, I'll build a glass route. I'm like, okay, well, now you need glass. And you need to keep that glass clean because it's going to get gunked up over yeah. time and it's mm -hmm. less portable. I and mean, you're not going to walk around with like a bubbler in your trench coat or maybe you are, but that's not very discreet. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you think about a vape pen, especially like this modern generation of all-in-one vape pens. Mm -hmm. It's like a pen. You slip it out of the box, you put it in your mouth, you inhale. It, Ready huh? to go. No uh, additional accessories needed um, and, you know, no lighter needed. And it's kind of all weather. You know, yeah. uh, there's probably some folks out there, you know, they love the, the analog way. They like to light their joints with matches or with like a hemp wick. You know, I used to live in San Francisco yeah. where it's crazy windy, like all the time. So that would not work. And there, there were just some <laughs> yeah. times where I'm just like, you know, standing between those two buildings, going through like 16 matches, trying just to like, light a on. joint. And it's the most frustrating thing. Like you mm. know, these vape pens have a heating element built right in. It doesn't matter if it's snowing or hailing outside. Yeah. You're going to be able to get that hit regardless. And then I'd say the third main benefit of mm -hmm. vaping over smoking is it's more discreet. And a lot of this is owed to the fact that vapor is just less obtrusive and less smelly yeah. than smoke. You know, you look at smoke, um, it hangs in the air. It's thick. You know, it sticks to clothing. It yes. sticks to upholstery. It sticks to the fabric in your car or your couch or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, vapor kind of dissipates very quickly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stick to your clothes the way that, you know, smoke does. Um, and if you were to consume it in a public area, not that I necessarily can do that, but if you were to, it's much more stealthy and it's much more discreet mm -hmm. than lighting up a joint or lighting up a blunt. Yeah. So in this era of like, you know, mainstream recreational cannabis, um, I feel like it's really like aligned with the general trend towards convenience. Yeah. You know, I want something on the go, single object. I could just slip it in my pocket, slip it in my bag, whatever. I don't need any other accessories. And then when I do use it, I don't have to worry about, oh, do I have to like, spray myself with cologne or do I have to like yep. air myself out? I'm about to go talk to this person. Yeah. I'm going to have raise like, yourself. Yeah. Uh, oh God. I mean, you know, yeah, so many, <laughs> I mean, uh, the scent of the early two thousands for me was hanging out with my friends. It's like Axe body spray mixed with cannabis smoke. <laughs> yes. It just wasn't. You're like, what is that? It wasn't a good look at all. So I think from a, you know, a harm reduction point of view, from the health side, the fact that vapor just has fewer harmful substances in it than smoke. Yeah. Um, and from a convenience point of view and from a discretion point of view, I'd say those are the three main advantages that yeah. vape would have over smoke. And those are very strong advantages that that would have over um, just regular flour, you know what I mean? Because you're eliminating a lot of the problems of why flour is, you know, not liked or why, not necessarily not liked, but, you know, has the 
whether it's the, the stigma or the, the readiness to have to get everything ready and a vape does solve a lot of those problems. Absolutely. You know, and you even look at like the industry data, um, the strongest growing segment of flour is pre-rolls. Mm. Same thing, right? Convenience. Yeah. Convenience. I Time. want something, grab yeah. and go. You know, especially we're seeing a lot of cannabis tourism here in California. Yeah. Now, folks coming from out of town, they're not looking to buy glass or buy like grinders and all these additional accessories if they're just going to have to leave them behind when they fly home. Mm-hmm. So pre-roll, it's like pre-roll in a joint. You know, uh, yeah. flower market share has actually been declining relative to other categories for quite some time. And the one part of it that's still going strong is the, is the pre-roll. pre-roll. And so the way I looked at a vape pen, I'm like, look, this is just a 21st century pre-roll, wow. right? This is yeah. like a pre-roll of the future. Like this one's like grab and go. This one's grab and go. Yep. Except it has the added advantage of you don't even need a lighter with it. It's kind of just built it's in. It's just like you're good. Yeah. Now, um, say, you know, like I listen to all this, like, dope, great. I want to I want to get a you know, vape pen now. Is there something, is there a, because there's different levels to the, the THC within each type of vape pen, right? So what am I, what am I looking for when, okay, I've accepted that dope. I want to get it. I want to get a vape pen. What's my next step? Am I supposed to look for uh, the amount I want to get of THC or like what's, what's the next thing I'm looking for in that process? Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, first step will be kind of like evaluating, like what's my experience with cannabis? What's my tolerance level? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a new user starting out, you know, definitely you want to go for those kind of lower THC formulations. And I would also say that you'd probably want just something that's more all in one. So, you know, cannabis vapes kind of come in all shapes and sizes. The most popular one currently is like two piece. You got a battery and then you have a cartridge, right? So the cartridge screws onto the battery, the battery is what what heats it, and then Mm -hmm. you could vape. Um, And people really like that because you could kind of interchange components, right? Like some people, they have their own batteries, right? Mm -hmm. So they like to get carts and they put it on top of their own batteries and you could adjust the voltage and get really like specific with it. But if you're a new user just starting out and you're not looking to like get into this subculture and like adopt a new hobby and learn about voltages and ohms and this and that, you just kind of want to vape. Um, You know, now we've seen these all in one vapes, you know, sometimes they're disposable, sometimes they're recyclable and it's just one single piece, right? It kind of just looks like a, just like the, you know, those slim electronic cigarettes, just like this cylindrical thing. Um, And I think for a beginner, that's really where you want to be because you kind of want to just minimize the amount of research you have to do. Oh, what kind of battery do I need? What kind of threading does it have? Is it compatible with this or that? So I definitely go for an all in one vape, make things easy on yourself. And then second, I'd look at, yeah, what's the THC concentration? Um, in, early on, it was really just kind of like the more potent, the better. That was just like the ethos in the cannabis industry. And I yeah. think that's because the folks that did bother to get a medical marijuana prescription tended to be more experienced users by default. Yes. And so that's what they wanted. They wanted mm. you know, maximum potency edible, maximum potency vape pen, maximum potency flower. Yeah. Now with the recreational market, you've seen a lot of that trend reverse. You look at edibles, it's the hottest trend in edibles is microdose. Mm. two and a half milligrams, five milligram. And we're seeing vape kind of catch up to that too, a little bit, right? So now I've seen some um, that are like in the 30 to 40% range, you know, still quite potent, you know, I mean, top shelf flower is like 30 something percent, (laughs) um, but compared to 80, 90%, you know, much more palatable and approachable to a beginner. Um, And then beyond that, you know, there's this, the latest trend in cannabis vapes is some companies are just trying to uh, market not based on strain, but based on how it makes you feel, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So again, that's another educational hurdle for beginners is, look, I don't know what all this jargon means. What is sativa? Yes. What is indica? What is hybrid? Mm-hmm. Northern lights, blue dream, it's, it's all Greek to them, yep. right? And so 
some folks, they like that. They like, you know, they like the challenge. Like, okay, I'm going to go do my research. I'm going to go on, you know, this website, learn more about these strains. But if you're not into that, you're like, look, I want something to help me sleep, something to help me relax, et cetera, et cetera. Finally, now there's a lot of vape companies out there, a lot of them based here in Southern California that are starting to market their products in that way. So if you're really not sure about strains, you don't know if you're a sativa person or an indica person or, or whatnot, yeah. maybe one of those products, you know, is right for you to Great. see if vaping or cannabis is, is appropriate. You're like, go out, you need something that helps with sleep. Literally nowadays, they just put the word sleep or rest right on the packaging and try one of those out and you can kind of go from there. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, building on top of that, I think that's very important because um, like you were saying, like as, you know, as for me, like someone that's not necessarily new, but not like super, super educated in the field, um, there's only some unique strains that I know the name of, but I've, I'm really going to, I want to have the experience for the effect or the feel I want to do. You know what I mean, so if it is, I'm trying to sleep or I'm trying to have, uh, be up and lifted for a meeting and everything like that, uh, I want to have a seamless process in finding something that's going to satisfy that need. And I think that's really cool that uh, vape, it, as you said, is going in that direction because, you know, you're just saving people time. You know what I mean? And time is like, you know, the one thing that we can't get back, you know what I mean? So going back to one of the positives of vape is um, you're saving me time to go do my everyday life and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. You got to kind of just demystify the process for folks. A lot of folks want to try cannabis and they're just intimidated. You know, and that's why it's so important to have educational resources to help people navigate all these different products and find something that's right for them. Because when somebody finds a product that's a poor fit for their needs, that's when they have a bad experience and that's when they might swear off cannabis. Mm. I mean, talk to anyone yeah. about their first edibles experience. I swear eight out of 10 times, it's a bad experience. Because right? they don't know, they, right? They didn't know. Yeah. Or they made it themselves and they didn't know the dosage and so on and so forth. They're like, okay. Cannabis makes me feel that way every time. I'm swearing it off forever. And I tell them, look, if you had you tried a nice, modest two and a half milligram mint or a five milligram like espresso bean, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have felt, you know, those negative feelings that you did. Yeah. And then you realize that, oh, this could be a very chill and warm and welcoming experience. But yes. again, it, it really comes down to, to education. And then on the brand side, kind of guiding users through that process and helping them decide, is this product good for me or not? Got it. Is there an easy way for a new user to get educated on things like that? Um, you know, because like you said, education is everything. It's about whether it's about the dosage or um, even bigger than just vaping, but like cannabis in general. Um, what do you suggest like are, are good ways for me as a new, new user or whoever's listening to start to get educated and stuff like that? Sure. Uh, well, you know, the, the main responsibility falls on the bud tender at the end of the day. That's really where the main value add for a bun tender comes into is a lot of folks go, folks go to them for recommendations. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, like it's not like there's a standardized training program for bun tenders. So some of them are fantastic. They're super knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. They recommend something based on your needs and your experience and so forth. Some of them, unfortunately, might just push what, you know, their boss told them to push yeah. or whatever they're incentivized yeah. to push. In terms of doing your own research, uh, I found Leafly to be pretty helpful. Leafly is kind of like the Wikipedia of cannabis to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So you could type in a strain name. It'll tell you a little bit about its genetics, its heritage. It's like, oh, they took this strain and they mixed it with that strain. Yeah. But even more helpful for me, at least, is it describes the effects. Like, is this happy? Is it relaxed? Is it uplifted? Is it going to make me feel energetic or is it going to make me feel like sleepy? Yeah. Right? So that's the stuff I really look at that's really helpful for me. And then in addition to that, actually has user reviews. So for the more popular strains, they have like hundreds, if not thousands of reviews, people describing 
how it made them feel. They're like, oh, this was great. It helped stimulate my appetite or this helped with my joint pain, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So Leafly is a good resource. Um, there's a few others out there too. Um, there isn't yet like a one-stop shop um, for this kind of information. Mm -hmm. And the science is still evolving in terms of like, how can you confidently say this strain produces this effect? But I think it's a good start. You know, yeah. if you do your individual research on Leafly and some other websites and learn about the strain and what it does, and then you go into a retail shop and ask the bud tender, you know, for their advice, I think that's a pretty solid approach for a beginner. Awesome. That's great. So uh, before we get, or after the, this next commercial break, I want to talk about what the future holds for, for, for vaping and vape pens and that whole, that whole everything about that. So right after this commercial break. For those of you who are new to cannabis, you'll want to listen up. Buying cannabis online or at the dispensary can be overwhelming. You want to select the right product and have a good experience. So why should you have to go online, research countless products to find what you're looking for? Canacopia has solved that problem. The Canacopia app allows you to find products based on how you want to feel and how you want to consume it. It's a super simple and easy way to navigate. So right now, head over to the App Store or Play Store to download Canacopia. I promise you won't regret it. And we are back. So uh, before we went away, uh, we were going to talk about, you know, the future of what uh, vaping is going to be in that whole, you know, industry in itself. And I want to get your opinion on what you think that's going to look like here in the next maybe, you know, three, five, ten years or whatever you think. Yeah, vape is definitely a very exciting space. It's changed tremendously even over the past like two years. Mm -hmm. um, so you could expect to see that trend continue. Um it really falls into two camps, like what's the technology and then what's the oil that kind of goes into it. Yeah. So on the technology side, I'd mentioned previously, you know, ceramic core is slowly becoming like the new standard for cannabis vape pens um, because ceramic handles high heat very well. Yeah. Right? It could be heated up to a high temperature without emitting any like uh, harmful byproducts, you know, the way that some metals might. Got it. Um, so and that's, that's why it would be beneficial for the new user is because it's a lot, lot healthier. Absolutely. So Got Ceramic it. Core is a great innovation in the industry. A lot of brands have been quick to adopt it. I think at this point, mm -hmm. more brands have it than don't. So it's been great to see that adoption. Um, in terms of form factor, we've seen some developments as well. So, yeah. you know, we saw in an e-cigarette space when e-cigarettes first came out, they kind of came in all shapes and sizes. You know, some of them were just kind of like slim cylinders that kind of look like cigarettes. Yeah. And some of them were these big bulky like box mods, right? Where it's kind of like this handheld thing with a thick cartridge and it has all these features and you can blow giant clouds with it. Yeah. But then something came into the industry that kind of blew them all out of the water and that's the Jewel, right? Oh, so when yeah. the Jewel came out, uh -huh. it destroyed everything. Jewel has a more than 75% market share in e-cigarettes wow. right now. Really? So if like you make a pie chart of e-cigarette sales, it's like Jewel? everyone else. Wow. And a big reason for that is it has a really great form factor, right? It's super slim. It's light. It doesn't even have a button. It's almost like, you know, idiot proof. You can't mess it up. The <laughs> yeah, more it's like yeah. The more features you add to something, the more opportunities you create for somebody to misuse your product, mm, right? Yeah. You put adjustable temperature control on something. Well, somebody's going to say, oh, well, time to turn it up to 11. And then it burns their oil and then they cough and it tastes bad. And they're like, oh, this brand sucks. Yes. You know, you burnt it mm -hmm. and you can't unburn something. Yes. So there you go. Jewel, you know, it kind of did away with all that. You know, it's wow, just like this all-in-one device, pre-filled, pre-charged, no button. Um, and it's super slim and super lightweight. Yeah. And so we're seeing that same kind of 
Ethos kind of come over into the vape space too. So actually the same parent company that made Juul, Pax, uh, also created something called the Pax Era. Mm. And so Pax Era is a pod-based vape. So it has like a body, which is like kind of like rectangular. Yeah. Um, and then it has like these little like magnetically locked uh, vape pods that then snap into it. And the nice oh, thing wow. about that is um, they tend to have a lower defect rate than a lot of other kinds of vapes. Got it. Um, okay. A frequent complaint a lot of folks had about older generation vapes was it would leak, right? Mm-hmm. They'd leave it in their car. They'd leave it in like their backpack or something on a hot day. They take it out and the oils kind of leaked out of it. Yeah. If you've ever handled cannabis oil, you realize it's super, super sticky, super <laughs> yeah. inconvenient to try to clean up. Yep. Um, so these pod-based systems are just kind of a little more tight, a little more secure. Um, and so it kind of really helps solve that problem. And, it. and it looks like a form factor that people are already familiar with, mm. right? And that yeah. kind of adds to the discretion factor too. If you have this very unique looking apparatus, people look at it, they're like, well, what is that? But if you have something that looks like a jewel, a USB, yeah, a yeah, USB stick, yeah, exactly, yeah. People are like, oh, well, that's just a jewel. And that kind it's of It's normalized. It's normalized and it adds to that discretion and stealth factor as well. So we're seeing a lot more pod based vapes Got kind it. of come onto the market too. And then on the oil side, you know, uh, the first stage was like, okay, let's get rid of like these harmful substances and the solvents and whatnot. Let's clean up the oil. Second stage was let's add this distillation step. Let's get it even more pure, even more potent. Yeah. And now it's at the point where they're really trying to recreate very specific effects and flavors, right? So you have one camp, which is trying to create connoisseur products. Yeah. You know, cannabis connoisseurs, they know their strains. They yep. know their terpenes. You know, they yep. these flavor compounds in cannabis that gives it its unique taste and even effects. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those connoisseurs, you don't like this kind of homogenized product. You want something. If you love Blue Dream, you want the taste and the yes. effects of Blue Dream. So now we're seeing craft cannabis concentrates come out onto the market. Wow, okay. That really seek to preserve the terpene profile or the flavor profile of the strain that it was derived from. Right. Like the mm-hmm. analogy I use is like early generation vapes is kind of like a blended whiskey. It's like Johnny Walker. Got it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like Jim Beam. It's just kind of a bunch of things thrown together and stirred together. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. But now we're seeing like a single malt. Right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it came from this region, from this strain, it has these unique oh, flavors yeah. and it appeals to connoisseurs. And so that's a that's a really cool trend we're seeing. Got and it. on the other side is something I alluded to is what, what's known as kind of these need state vapes. So these vapes that aren't even messing around with strain designations or strain categories. They're like, look, how does it make you feel? Sleep, calm, relief, bliss, arouse, yeah. whatever it might be. I really do feel in a lot of ways that's going to be the holy grail of vapes. And I don't think we fully understand the science yet. We're mm. discovering more and more new things about the cannabis plant all the time. Yeah. But one very interesting discovery in the past like few years is that it's not just the THC or the CBD that produces the effect. It's like this whole constellation mm. of cannabinoids, yeah. CBN, CBG, THCA, THCV. And in addition to those, there's these flavor compounds of cannabis called terpenes and the concentration of those affects yeah. the final thing as well. Yeah, so this is called uh, the entourage effect. For entourage. anyone who wants to kind of do more research into it. Okay. And so it's really like you can't isolate and say, oh, just add THC or add CBD and I'm gonna feel this way. The reason cannabis products make you feel the way they feel is this synergy of primary oh. cannabinoids, secondary Everything. cannabinoids, yeah. and terpenes. And we're just now understanding how to fine tune this balance 
to create the exact effect that we want wow. to create. And yeah. so if you think about the potential for that, it's not just a cannabis product anymore. It's like a health and wellness product. Yeah. Right. How much, how much money do people spend every year on pain medication or on sleep aids or things to manage their anxiety billion dollar industry, right? and this and that. Yeah. Like, cannabis is already a billion dollar industry. And then if you expand it into health and wellness, being able to feel how you want to feel on demand, that's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar thing. So that's uh, definitely an area that you're seeing a lot of brands doing active research and development on. And I think we could expect it to you know, continue to be a major trend in cannabis vapes. Awesome. Do you think it's going to have the uh, 70% market share like, like Jules does in the other one? You know, no one's really been able to seize that yet. There are some really major players in cannabis vape, but in my opinion, they didn't get that market share because they have a superior product, but because they had superior scale of operations. Got it. You know, at the end of the day, this is a manufacturing business. You know, you have to have manufacturing facilities. You have to have a strong supply chain. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to produce a hundred thousand or 500,000 vape carts a month. And that's why there's not that many brands that can do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, not. yeah, the leaders in cannabis vape currently, I would say their main strength was in their ability to scale up their operations and have a really robust supply chain and like really strong sales team to get their products onto shelves. Yeah. But there still isn't that like killer app, killer vape pen yet where it's like, okay, this is so far and beyond everything else that's on the market yeah. that it just gobbles up market share. You know, that's what Juul did, but there is not yet like a Juul of cannabis vapes, but not for lack of trying. Yeah. Got it. Soon. Maybe very, very soon. Could be. Nice. So uh, before we wrap up, I want to kind of just, you know, um, talk about, you know, where your evolution from where you're at Alpine Vapor to what you're doing now, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, you know, I had a great like four and a half years with Alpine Vapor, helped them grow the brand, kind of helped them grow the sales team. Mm -hmm. And recently, you know, um, I kind of struck out on my own to kind of create my own consulting firm. Awesome. And so it's called Elevated Growth. Okay. We do kind of marketing and sales and branding consulting for cannabis startups, for financial institutions who are looking to get involved in cannabis. Nice. Really trying to leverage just the years of experience I've had kind of like in the trenches of the cannabis industry. You know, I've talked to thousands of customers face-to-face um, -face at patient appreciation days at conventions. Yeah, I've talked to hundreds of buyers personally to understand their pain points, what wow. they're looking for in the nice. brand. And, you know, interest in cannabis is at an all-time high. There's plenty of folks who have great ideas about a cannabis brand that they want to create, but they don't know how to navigate the regulatory landscape or they don't know what it takes to get onto the shelf of their local dispensary. And yeah. so um, I just saw this tremendous opportunity to work with a really diverse range of folks Kind of coming at it from different angles some folks purely medical some people purely recreational nice um and to help them succeed in the cannabis industry and so that's what we're doing over at elevated growth and it's been a wild ride so far and i'm excited to see where it takes me nice where can we uh find your business at like dot com and social media and all that stuff so our website's under construction we're trying to get it up and off the ground as quickly as possible for yep. now i'd say just shoot me a note personally um you can reach me hafez at elevatedgrowth.co um, even if you just want to chat, you know, I'm not going to charge somebody to have a 15 minute phone call or just answer awesome. some questions over email. I'm really passionate about helping folks succeed with cannabis, both as users and as business people. Awesome. Um, I, like I think that the more strong brands there are in the marketplace, the better it is for everybody. You know, I don't want to see this become like a monopoly thing where there's two or three sophisticated operations just gobbling up all the market share. I want to see diversity in our industry. Yes. And so. Um, yeah, I want to be helpful to folks however I can be. Um, beyond that, they could follow me on Twitter. That's Hafez underscore Adele. Um, and, you know, you could add me on LinkedIn as well. I like to add like industry articles and my own 
uh, research and analysis on cannabis marketing trends and branding. And it's a super fascinating field to just see how far we came from cellophane bags, staples, Avery printer labels to now beautiful packaging that can wow. go like toe to toe yeah. with an iPhone. So mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, well, you were amazing today. You dropped some major bars. I know for a fact I learned a lot, which means I'm sure that our audience learned a lot too. So, Fez, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Until next time.